the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, another Al Gasulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, another fantastic show for you tonight. A Craft Beer guest that'll be joining me this hour. Some news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Easy on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows. On those two platforms, little Tom Petty, uh, to start us off, it's interesting. We found out earlier this week that uh, Tom Petty, um, who passed away uh, a few months ago, uh, died of an accidental drug overdose. And for those of you who think, oh, yeah, he must have been doing this and that and whatever and uh, got carried away. The answer is actually it's a lot more it's it's a lot sadder than you would think. So. We find out uh, earlier this week that Tom Petty died of an accidental drug overdose because apparently he had been putting too many patches of um, whatever opioid he was using to um, kill the pain that he was having in his body. Apparently it's the same way that Prince died. Um, Or maybe Prince and him were taking the same uh, drug or whatever it was. But anyway, um, Tom Petty apparently... He toured last year, which I, I had missed the tour. I, I actually got invited to go, and I, I didn't get a chance to go. And I'm sad that I didn't now because he's, he's gone. But apparently he had done most of the tour with a fractured hip. And that's why he was on the opioids to dull the pain so that he could play every night. He refused to cancel the shows because he didn't want to disappoint his fans. And then you find out that he dies of an accidental drug overdose because he had been putting too many patches on or put the wrong amount or whatever whatever it was. Here's a musician, great musician, who ends up passing because he didn't put the proper dosage on his body, put too much of it on, and died. That is sad, folks. I'm sorry. I don't mean to to start the show on a downer. Um, You know, it's just... That is terrible news to find out that that's why he passed away. People make assumptions all the time. Oh, you know, he must have been shooting up or doing this or doing that. And the fact that he passes away because of, you know, mistakenly overdosing because he had put too many patches on himself to dull the pain. And the fact that he was touring with a fractured hip and wouldn't cancel the shows because of what he was going through. I'm sorry. That's just it's very sad. It's very sad. So let's move on. My guest tonight on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, first up, 
Want to thank a listener for suggesting this brewery, Brymaster Flex on Twitter. Thank you. He suggested a Broken Goblet Brewery, and so Mike Lacouture, uh, one of the owners, will be on the cast to talk all about this brewery in Bucks County, PA. They're also going to be at the Atlantic City Beer Music Fest. If you haven't gotten your tickets uh, for this event coming up in March, you better get them now because they are going to sell out. You definitely want to go to this event. It's the second biggest uh, beer fest in the country. It is awesome every year. The interview is coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, Chris Finari returns from the website Brewbound. So much news uh, has broken over the last few weeks, and I wanted to talk with Chris to get a sense of what's going to happen with all of these different changes. I mean, we've just in the first three weeks of the new year alone, we've seen a lot of changes. So I wanted to get Chris on to chat about those things. So we'll talk to him uh, at the bottom of the hour. So, so a couple of quick news and notes. The king of beers apparently slipping, no surprise here. The magazine Beer Marketers Insights is reporting that Budweiser is the fourth most popular beer in America. Miller Lite jumped into the third spot last year. Bud Light is still the most popular, which is followed by Coors Light. The magazine says uh, Bud, which is brewed in St. Louis, hasn't been the most popular beer in America since 2001. Budweiser officials say the brew is still the most popular, quote-unquote, classic lager in the U.S. And the magazine says more beers and new focus on health are driving down Budweiser sales. I am sure that craft beer has something to do with that, which is why I'm, I'm imparting the information here. That's probably one of the reasons why that Budweiser has slipped, obviously, and is not the most popular beer in America. It's no surprise that it's these big beers that are the most popular, but it's nice to see that possibly craft beer is having an effect on these things. Who knows? Maybe we will see a, an independent craft brewer as being the most popular beer in the United States one day. Bacardi is paying more than $5 billion for a shot of tequila. The global liquor giant buying the company that makes the popular Patron tequila. The buyout announced uh, earlier this week closes a deal the distilled spirits industry had as expected since Bacardi bought a 30% stake in Patron 10 years ago. The acquisition Adds another brand name, Liquor, to a 200-brand roster. It includes Grey Goose Vodka, Dewar's Scotch Whiskey, and the iconic Bacardi Rums. Uh, Indiana remaining the only state where you can't buy cold beer at a supermarket, gas station, or drugstore. We touched on this last week. The state Senate Public Policy Committee voted down a proposal to allow it after hearing arguments from the liquor store lobby. Liquor stores say repealing the law would leave them at a disadvantage and force hundreds of stores to close down. Sarah Ward of Knightstown, uh, Illinois, spoke in front of the committee and said the law keeps drivers from buying beer and cracking open a cold one once they hit the road. There's still a beer moving in the legislature, however, that would allow Sunday sales. Very interesting how Indiana is the only state where you can't buy cold beer at a supermarket, gas station, or drugstore. You have to only you can only buy it cold in a liquor store. Very interesting. We'll keep following that story for you. As we continue on news and notes here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer, Founders Brewing announced the fifth annual KBS Week in Grand Rapids and the first ever KBS Week in Detroit in honor of the 2018 release of Kentucky Breakfast Stout. I will be on tap at various Grand Rapids and Detroit locations this coming up uh, March 5th through the 10th, as well as at the Founders Tap Room release parties on March 10th in both cities. KBS will be available in Michigan as of March 12th and across the remainder of Founders' 46th state distribution uh, on March 30th. Let's see, uh, KBS Week will culminate with official release parties on Saturday, March 10th. KBS will be poured all day in both tap rooms, uh, as I said, in Grand Rapids and Detroit. Bottles of KBS available for pickup in the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms will be released using a pre-ticketed reservation process via TicketFly. Bottles can be reserved uh, beginning Friday, February 2nd at 11 a.m. Eastern. will be available for pickup 
uh, March 6th through the 11th from both tap rooms. And in addition to the tap room release parties and keg tappings around Grand Rapids and Detroit, a handful of Grand Rapids uh, area hotels will be offering KBS Week packages, including discounted room rates, limited edition gear and rooms, and more, uh, inf- with information available on the Experience Grand Rapids website. For full KBS Week details, head to kbsweek.com for more information. And finally, uh, in our news and notes segment here, Ballast Point, this is interesting. Um, they are going to open in downtown Disney uh, District at the Disneyland Resort. They are opening in late 2018 a restaurant, brewery, and beer garden. Uh, this opening marks downtown Disney District's first ever on-site brewery. Uh, it is going, as I said, it's going to open late this year. The 9,350-square-foot uh, space will house a three-barrel research and development brewery, new American restaurant, and outdoor beer garden. This will be Ballast Point's first location in Orange County, 7th in Southern California. Um, it will offer a taste of San Diego with some of its most popular dishes uh, from its brew pubs, including Baja-style fish tacos and a house-made pretzel with beer mustard. Um, the Let's see, uh, similar to Ballast Point's brewing philosophy, this is coming from the press release. The kitchen will only source the best possible ingredients, including steroid and antibiotic-free proteins, lime-caught fish, and local produce when available. Uh, a seasonally-inspired menu. It'll focus on cuisine that not only pairs well with the vast selection of beers, but incorporates them in the recipes. The location will also offer a children's menu along with gluten-free and vegetarian options for guests. The location, family-friendly, offering an outdoor patio and large party cabana-style seating. Visitors 21 and over can enjoy many of Ballast Point's iconic beers, including their flagship and award-winning Sculpin IPA, as well as exclusive custom limited-edition beers available only at the downtown Disney location. So that's pretty cool. So, of course, as everybody knows, Ballast Point owned by Constellation. Uh, but this is the first time that Disney is actually going to have a brewery brewing beer on site on a Disney property. Obviously, there's beers at Epcot in Florida, beers around the world. But there has never been a brewery on a Disney property before Ballast Point ends up becoming the first one. So very interesting stuff about that. Now, when we come back after a short break, Mike LaCouture from Broken Goblet Brewery will join me. And, folks, we're just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage, and it's made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Jay Sekulow thinks we should hold on to our money. We are at a fateful moment of history, Mahmoud Abbas says. If we lose Jerusalem, which they don't have, by the way, uh, what do you want to do? Question mark. Have a state with Abu Dis? As its capital, that's what they're offering Abu Dhabi, which, by the way, is right next to uh, Jerusalem. The Palestinian Authority leader is saying, keep your money, America. How about if we say, okay, we're going to keep our money and see what that does? Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, host of Ask the Lawyer and published in New York Magazine's top-rated lawyers. Whether assisting a client with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, nursing home plan, or other matter, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of their clients' rights and interests. Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, has dedicated attorneys that can help you with estate planning, elder law, and probate. They listen to their clients to learn about their families, their financial picture, and their long-term goals to create a comprehensive plan to meet your objectives. They assist with the complex tax matters that are often involved in estate planning and probate. Contact Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, with offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Midtown Manhattan, and Staten Island to schedule a free consultation with an attorney. 
Kearney. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And listen to Ask the Lawyer right here every Saturday evening at 6. Hi, it's Frank Morano. If you're ready to lose 20 to 40 pounds and start feeling the best you've ever felt, get over to Brooklyn Wellness Center today. They offer the ultimate weight loss system. I did the program and couldn't be happier. No drugs, no shots, no hormones, no crazy diets. It's all natural and doctor-supervised every step of the way. Daily check-ins with Dr. Melinda Keller, where I updated her on my progress. Call 718-234-6212. That's 718-234-6212 to start your weight loss journey today. Mention the said for $100 off. Hey, this is Michael Riedel from On the Town here on AM 970, The Answer. One of my favorite American plays is Eugene O'Neill's masterpiece, The Iceman Cometh, and it's going to be starring one of our finest actors, Denzel Washington. He's coming to Broadway. He is a first-rate actor. You do not want to miss him in The Iceman Cometh. So to get tickets to see Denzel Washington in The Iceman Cometh, go to icemanonbroadway.com. That's icemanonbroadway.com. You will not want to miss Denzel Washington in this great, great American play. That's icemanonbroadway.com. Forever My Girl is a modern-day prodigal son story. Country music star Liam Page never got over Josie, his one true love he left at the altar. But when he returns to his hometown years later, he's faced with the consequences of all he left behind. Why'd you leave my mama? I was young. I got lost. But you found your way back now, right? Find your way back home in the film and NBC Raves will make you laugh, cry, and fall in love. Forever My Girl. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. It's Dennis Prager at 1. Michael Medved at 3. Weekdays on AM 970. The Answer. Back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little Judas Priest to kick things off here. A little rapid fire. Can't wait for these boys from Birmingham uh, to come back in March. Actually, I'll be go seeing, seeing them at the Prudential Center. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. And don't forget Google Play and iTunes. You just do a search. Uh, for AG Craft Beer Cast, you can download and listen to all the craft beer casts right from there. My guest on the cast, he's one of the owners of a brewery that is based out of Bristol, Pennsylvania in Bucks County. Uh, they opened in 2014, and the name of the brewery is Broken Goblet. Brokengoblet.com is the website for more information. they got an interesting story about what happened last week uh, during the Eagles championship game because our guest here, Mike LaCouture, uh, he is an Eagles fan, and two of the other owners are Giant fans, so we're going to have to get into that in just a second. But let me welcome in Mike to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Mike, welcome. Thank you, Al. Thanks for having me. All right, first off, before I even get into how the brewery got started, so let me let me make sure I have this right. You are an Eagles fan, obviously, being in, in Pennsylvania, but two of the co-owners of the company are Giants fans. How does that How does that even happen, and how does it even work out that you guys aren't, like, tearing each other up uh, every day in the bar. Well, I, and I know you're a Giants fan, so right. I'll, I'll be as gentle as I can. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, it's all right. The last, the last four years have been have been uh, pretty positive for the Eagles versus Giants uh, um, scorecard. Right. So uh, we, you know, we coexist in in lighthearted but uh, but uh, constant 
antagonistic uh, conversation there about it, and uh, I've always been coming out on top, so knock on wood, that will continue. (laughs) Um, But they're good sports about it, and uh, we do have a good contingency of Giants fans that come in strictly because they feel like they have at least a little bit of a safe place, and our our overall clientele are uh, also good-spirited. So it's, you know, football games especially, the two times that the teams play during the year are, are always fun. Oh, that's awesome! Now, now, Mike, how did how did you guys get the brewery started? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, it started as kind of like a beer club, and then it expanded into making beer to to sell. Yeah, it, you know, the, the the very long story summed up is that uh, I I, uh, I was a professional musician, and Jay, one of the owners, was a music producer and engineer. So uh, my band would record with him periodically, and and then afterwards, you know, late night sort of uh, tweaking sessions, we'd be drinking craft beer, and at some point, we decided you know, what would you do if you weren't doing your current job? And we we both simultaneously said, oh, you know, it would be really cool to, you know, open a brewery or a bar, or, you know, maybe both. And so uh, the two of us sort of have a a bit of a, of a compulsion to see things through. So we immediately, you know, got a whiteboard out and started ideating what that might look like. And we figured out within a couple hours that we had some really good ideas, but we had not, not the first clue how to do either. So we, we, we decided what might be a good way to do it would be to start a club, okay. kind of a, you know, a meet and greet uh, with, and bottle share, and see if we couldn't find some people that would be uh, more apt to help us open this business. And so that's what we did. So we formed a beer club, started it with these 13 founding members, and then that ballooned very quickly. And what we found is that we were really, really good at putting on events, um, still didn't know how to make beer, but we were meeting people who did. And, you know, once we, we did that for a couple of years, we had enough of an interest from a couple other people to kind of who had homebrewing experience to jump into uh, actually trying to open something. So it took a while, but, and a, you know, a couple of trademark disputes and some legal issues, but we got open in 2014 and have been rolling along, along pretty nicely. Uh, so far, so good. Which is interesting. And we're talking with Mike Lacroix. La Courrière. Why am I saying this wrong? Lacatour. Lacatour. Yeah, I had it right the first time. All right, Lock. Mike Lock, a co-owner. He's of uh, Broken Goblet out of Bristol, Pennsylvania, in Bucks County. Uh, BrokenGoblet.com is the website for more information. But the the name Broken Goblet came in a in a weird story that I that I read. You guys had a different name for the brewery, but you had, as you mentioned, some trademarking issues or whatever. And then wh- what happened? Well, we we you know we we filed a trademark you know and. Uh, and U.S. Patent Trademark Office, you know, recognized it and got an interesting call from our trade organization um, out in Colorado one day that just said, hey, you know, welcome aboard. Seems like you're, you're in planning. I just want to let you know um, that name you have uh, could be a problem. It really caught me off guard, and this, this young lady kind of explained to me that there was a brewery that had, had been litigious in the past and that this, this word had been part of that litigation. So, I went back to my lawyer and said, "Hey, you know, can you make sure we do our due diligence that if this going if this is going to happen, I, I don't we don't want to pursue it." Mm. So, you know, all all things went through and and it got to the final stage of um, uh, trademark issuance where they recognize, you know, so the trademark is is kind of rubber it's it's not rubber stamped yet, but right. it's it's kind of you know signed with pencil. And on the thirtieth day of thirty days of review, my lawyer gets. Uh, an, an email from this brewery, and so then what? What ended up happening was a lot of very expensive back and forth, and it got to a point where 
you know, the, 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 our lawyer said to this other lawyer, hey, you know, if, how about this? New brewery, tiny brewery will never be in Oregon where you are, uh, you know, unless something magical happens. Right. They'll sell you the trademark that they have right now. You don't have to do any work for it. You don't spend any money on it. You, all you do is take ownership of it. It'll go through, and then you'll never have to do this again, and you helped, you helped the small brewery you know, grow, and this is a brewery that's top ten in the United States. So uh, their, their response back was, over my, in, in writing, over my dead body, will I help this brewery? I would rather spend $100,000 in court and lose than spend you know, what we had wow. asked for, which was a fraction of that, um, to, to buy the trademark. So, wow. So when that comes down the pike, you know, we're drinking worldwide stout and we are hammered. Um, <laughs> the news was not taken well and the goblet got smashed and it just sort of launched us into this weird trajectory that, that, that gave us the name that was ultimately a better name anyway. So it, I look at it as a positive. I look at it as, as cosmic and, and all those words you want to assign to things that happen like that for a reason. So in, in essence, I don't hate them. I actually thank them for it. Wow. I mean, that almost sounds like the story between Queensryche when they broke up and Jeff Tate wanted the name and the rest of the band wanted to keep the name and it was back and forth. It's like, guys, come on, really? We can't all get yeah. along? I mean, damn. Well, you know, it's funny. It was, very, it's, it was very early in all of the trademark kind of disputes that have cropped up more frequently. And, and you know, we, we understand and respect you have to protect your intellectual property. This particular situation was less of an intellectual property and more of uh, this, this man that owned this brewery was also their, their chief counsel. So he, he is known to do this. Apparently he took a sushi business out of the, you know, took a sushi spot out of business for some sort of weird trademark dispute. And, you know, it, there are a million ways to, to defend your, to, to properly defend your intellectual property. This was, this was an abuse in, in our opinion. You know, it really was not going to affect anything. There was going to be no confusion, which is why you, why you would fight in the first place. And, I mean, we're talking about a brewery that does, I don't know, whatever, 200,000 or 300,000 barrels a year against a brewery that at the time was hoping to do 80 barrels a year. I mean, it just was – it was David versus Goliath, but what it did, Alice, gave us an amazingly good story, and it also made us – you know, speaking of the Eagles, it made us an underdog – that people really got behind, even without us bashing the other brewery. Just, you know, people like to hear the adversity get overcome. Right, so, that, uh, that David know, versus Goliath battle. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. We're talking with Michael uh, Lacoutere, uh, the uh, co-owner of Broken Goblet out of Bristol, Pennsylvania, in Bucks County. Brokengoblet.com is the website for more information. Now, Mike, um, you guys tailor your beers because I love the fact that you you, you guys are – uh, heavy metal fans and geek, you know, like geeky type stuff, Star Wars, Lord yep. of the Rings, and you tailor the names of the beers towards these types of things. But what are the primary beers that you guys primarily make? Is it IPAs? Is it lagers? What is it that you primarily No, make? I mean, we don't lager anything yet. Um, we, we are in the process of moving to a bigger facility mm-hmm. with uh, a bigger brew house, and we will be able to then have the space and sort of the uh, technology and, and st- stainless uh, to be able to lager. So not, everything's ales. Um, the, the, the primary beer that we do is beers made with um, loose leaf and whole leaf tea, to b- believe it or not. That's our, that would be the, the beers that we're most known for. Okay. So our tea bag series of beers are very, very different, but very, very popular, uh, very challenging to make and make consistently. Um, but that's, the, that's what put us on the map. Bubba's Tea Bag is the beer. And you guys have an event coming up, which is Super Bowl weekend on Saturday, February 3rd, your fourth annual Tea Cision. Now, what is this yeah. all about? So uh, because the company that we used to work with, which was Tivana, 
uh, Starbucks brand. Right. Um, the tea that, that we launched with, which was phenomenal, they discontinued, of course. It's a, of course, a b- like bad luck. So <laughs> what we were left with that first year is, so what are we going to do? You know, we, we, what, what beer, how are we going to make this beer? How are we going to continue this brand in, in Philadelphia and surrounding areas? So we came up with this idea of, why don't we pick six teas from another company that we like, make six different versions of the beer, let our membership club whittle it down to three, and then have this, you know, decision, but instead of decision, we call it the decision um, party where people can come sample the beers and vote, and then the one that gets the most votes becomes the beer we make for that year. So we did it the first year, very popular idea. Now we're on to our, our fourth year. We're partnering with a, a new tea company called Br- Brutalities, which is a friend of mine from the metal industry, Cool. Um, who started this very cool tea company with the, the coolest tea names ever. Um, so we're partnering up with them for the tea, and um, and that will be, yeah, the day before the Super Bowl will be our, our tea-scission party. That is very cool. And now, it's fun. It's cheap, you know, three bucks. Oh, nice. Three samples. And, you get samples, and, and, and they get a vote, and they get a, they get a uh, you know, a, a way of uh, getting into the process. Now, yep. the Atlantic City Beer Music Festival coming up in March, are you guys going to be there? We will, thankfully, to our friends at a, at a brewery in Jersey called Bolero Snort. Oh, I love the guys from Bolero. Scott and Bob are two of one of, yep. two of my best friends. They're good guys. Love it. They are good guys. And Bob, Bob uh, through a, fr- a mutual friend that owns a bar in, uh, in Hamilton, New Jersey, or Robbinsville, I guess, uh, mm. Blend, he hooked us up with Bob. And Bob, they have their own distributor license. So right. Bob distributes us air quotes, for the for the day or the two days, as it were, for Atlantic City. So we will be there. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to be there for for the Saturday night session, so I'm looking forward to seeing you guys and trying the beers. Yeah. And, and finally, we're talking with uh, Mike uh, Lacouture, a co-owner of Broken Goblet out of Bristol, Pennsylvania, in Bucks County. Brokengoblet.com is the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970, The Answer. i got to ask, I know you're a musician. Favorite metal band, Mike? Tool. Tool? Wow. 100%. Okay. Interesting, interesting. I, mean, I know people are going to say, oh, that's not metal. I mean, I'm, I'm a little older, so I have, some, I have older sensibilities to some metal bands, but just from a, a full put together, uh, there, there can be no better to me in my world than Tool. Outstanding. And, and uh, Mike, favorite beer to drink when you're kicking back to have one? What, what style? Oh, man. Holy no, no, not brand. I mean, it's just, it's style. It doesn't have to be a, a oh, you know, brand oh, name. Oh, stouts yeah. by far. Dark beers. The darker, the better. Excellent, excellent. Mike? Uh, I, I appreciate you jumping on board. Gre- uh, it would be great to see you down at the Atlantic City Beer Music Fest. Make sure you have a chicken parm for Scott because it's very important that he eats. And uh, <laughs> if he doesn't get a chicken parm, he'd be very disappointed. But thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Oh, and I have to say, I, I, I mean, it's obvious, but prediction, Eagles or Patriots? Oh, well, I mean, my heart, my heart is, is says Eagles, of course, so I'm going to stick with that. But I think that, uh, I think that they're going to be in for some defense that they, they were not expecting to see. And I think this is a magical year. And uh, the Giants took down the Patriots twice uh, when they least expected. I think the Eagles are going to take the take them down as well. So I'm going to go out and say 27-24 birds. All right. There you go. Um, my guest has been Mike Lacouture, co-owner of Broken Goblet out of Bristol, Pennsylvania, Bucks County, brokengoblet.com, the website for more information. Mike, thanks again for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciated. Al, thanks for having me, and uh, you, you do a great job. Thank you, sir. When we come back, we'll welcome in Chris Fernari from Brewbound to chat about all the crazy beer news that's happened in just the last few weeks as this new year has just gotten started. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970 The Answer.
It is partly cloudy, 54 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Churches around New York City taking steps to fight the flu. James Flippin has more. This flu season, officials around the country are reporting the highest number of cases in nearly a decade. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn is asking pastors to make hand sanitizer accessible to worshipers. Communion is optional, and handshake greetings are being replaced by a simple spoken, peace be with you. Health experts warn that people with weakened immune systems, children, and the elderly are at an increased risk of influenza. And if you're caring for an infected loved one, you may want to consider Tamiflu, an antiviral medication. James Flippin, NBC News Radio, New York. New York City's car share pilot program goes into effect in the spring, but there are concerns it may cause more problems. News 12 reports some residents are worried that it will become harder to find parking in already busy neighborhoods. The Department of Transportation's program will designate 300 street parking spots citywide as reserved for car share vehicles. Still not clear what caused nearly 50 gallons of diesel fuel to spill into the Hudson River. Happened yesterday morning as a truck was preparing to transfer the fuel into a New York waterway storage tank. The spill sent about one-third of the oil into the water just south of the company's terminal in Weehawken. In sports action, the Nets taking on Minnesota later tonight. Time to check the traffic on the George Washington Bridge. We are looking at minor delays as you travel into and out of the city. 15 minutes each way at the Lincoln Tunnel, Holland Tunnel at 25 in the outbound direction. And now on the major Deegan Expressway, a multi-vehicle crash blocking the right and center lanes northbound at Willis Avenue. Heavy delays from the Triborough Bridge. You now know how not to go. The weather forecast for tonight, increasingly cloudy. Chance of showers late at night, low 45. Sunday morning showers, then clouds in the afternoon, high 55. Monday cloudy, slight chance of a little light rain, high 40 degrees. And Tuesday, maybe little light snow early in the morning, then clearing skies later in the day, high 35 degrees. I'm Dave Banning, AM 970, The Answer. Have you ever had a legal question pertaining to elder law or estate law and wondered what's the best course of action to take? During Kevin McCullough Radio, you'll hear from Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law answering a real listener's actual question. If you have a legal question for Mike Connors, the Ask the Lawyer host, simply email the question to mikeconnors at gmail.com. That's mikeconnors at gmail.com. Or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500 and see for yourself. That's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors every Saturday evening at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. The New Jersey Business Action Center would like to remind all New Jersey businesses that winter storms are on the way. Is your business prepared? The Business Action Center has strategies to help businesses ride out the storm. House documents on the cloud and raise computers above the flood level. Make sure your insurance is current and install an emergency generator and identify a backup location. Keep a disaster supply kit on hand that includes water, flashlights, extra batteries, chargers for your devices, a first aid kit and fire extinguisher, as well as waterproof bags for important items. And of course, a battery-powered radio. We can't prevent man-made or natural disasters, but we can take proactive measures to minimize disruption. Business questions? Call 1-800-JERSEY-7. That's 1-800-JERSEY-7. And remember, your most valuable assets are your employees, so please keep them safe. Sponsored by the New Jersey Business Action Center, New Jersey's one-stop shop for businesses, helping companies to stay and grow in the Garden State, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am97theanswer.com.
Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget Google Play and iTunes. You just down, do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to all of the Craft Beer Casts right from there. Now, my guest on the cast, he's been a frequent uh, member of this show uh, for now almost two years. Uh, is He's an editor at Brewbound. It's a website that is an enormous craft beer industry resource. Brewbound.com is the website for more information, and there has been a lot of beer news over the last several weeks. Let me welcome back Chris Frenari to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Chris, welcome back. How are you? Has it really been two years, Al? Uh, next month will actually be two years that the show is on the air. We're Right now we're in the midst of taping our 101st episode, and I think in the middle of February we're uh, on the air two years. So pretty cool. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start with some recent news. Pittsburgh Brewing Company uh, earlier this week has been in business 156 years, was just sold. Uh, these are the guys, for those who are not familiar, they make uh, Iron City and Iron City Light. Give us the details, Chris. Yeah, so actually this one uh, just came in yesterday, and um, it's uh, it's still a little fresh. Haven't been able to uh, actually get a phone call back from uh, Brian Walsh, who was the CEO of Pittsburgh Brewing, formerly at uh, Long Trail or uh, the private equity firm. So that's uh, actually one of the things that we don't know who the buyer is right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the important thing to note is that, um, as, you know, Typically, private equity firms, when they invest in businesses, they hold them for five to seven years. They bought Pittsburgh Brewing in 2011, and uh, yeah, just a hair under seven years, they've they've sold it. So, uh, you know, for any of the other uh, private equity deals that we've seen in the craft beer space, I think this is you know kind of your benchmark here. This is uh, something to pay attention to and something to watch. Uh, I imagine that other private equity firms will follow suit and sell, you know, their their uh, investments or sell their stakes in in their breweries that they've purchased uh, between that five to seven year window, and you know that'll be coming up for a couple of these companies. Interesting. Now, Pabst Brewing has laid off about eighteen percent of its workforce. Second time this has happened in recent memory. What's up with this move? Yeah, so this is the second time in probably eighteen months or, or two years or so. Uh, basically, what it boils down to is that you know they kind of had the breakout success with not not your father's root beer, mm-hmm. and that thing took off like a rocket ship. Uh, the first six months that they were nationally distributing the brand, it racked up over a hundred million dollars in off-premise sales at grocery stores and convenience stores. Right. Um, and it was one of those things where everybody wanted to try it. Everyone wanted to know what an alcoholic root beer tasted like. Oh, boy, um, I remember because in New Jersey you couldn't find it anywhere, and people were selling it for like ridiculous prices a bottle so yeah and it and, you know it had great margins um, so it was a, it was a great breakout success for them and there were a lot of people at the time that felt that it was going to be a bit of a boom splat and um, you know Pabst didn't really think so Pabst thought you know this was sort of the the product of the future for them that this was something that had legs um, and it, it turns out that yeah you know there was a, a lot of folks who got in you know, participated with it on a trial basis and then didn't come back. So if you look at the sales last year in 2017, um, you know, they lost about two-thirds uh, two of their off-premise sales. They only did about $33 million just with the Not Your Father's Root Beer right. product. Now, they, all, they have other offerings now, and they've expanded the portfolio. But that's really what caused, um, you know, them to lay off so many people. They had hired a tremendous amount of people to you know, kind of manage that brand. Sure. And, um, 
you know, when when you lose two thirds of the business, you gotta you gotta scale back. Uh, absolutely. Talking with Chris Vernari, an editor at Brewbound, Brewbound.com, the website for more information. As we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy, the answer. And just last week, Chris Smutty Nose announced they're auctioning their business off. Now, I feel like this is a trend that we're seeing. We've talked about it a whole bunch of times with mid-level brewers expanding too quickly. When the sales don't match up, they can't pay off the bank note, and they need to liquidate. Uh, agree or disagree on this one? Uh, would agree. Um, you know, I think that there are, you know, every situation is unique, um, and obviously there's going to be nuances to, to every type of uh, scenario like this. But I think in Smutty Nose's case, yeah, you know, they went out, they uh, built a brand new brewery, they spent a lot of money on that. Um, I think the, the neat part about this one is that it seems like they were actually to work really closely with their bank. So right. in some cases, you know, the bank might just say, hey, look, you, you can't make the payments. Like, we're taking over and we're selling this business. And right. oftentimes the owners don't have a whole lot of choice. Um, in this case, it sounds like Smutty Nose, you know, really tried to find a buyer. They got you know, sort of a lot of time to try to figure out a, a solution. Um, and this was, as they said, sort of the last card that they could play. Um, so I think that's, you know, one issue. I think the other issue here is that, you know, being a New England brewery, I was pretty surprised that they didn't capitalize on the on the um, canned beer trend, mm-hmm. uh, as well as sort of the New England IPA trend. Um, you know, they don't really have a notable New England style IPA that comes to mind for me. I haven't, I certainly haven't sampled one myself. Um, so those were a couple things that, you know, I would have spec- expected them to kind of capitalize on being right in the heart of New England in, in New Hampshire. That's funny because I had had a Smutty Nose beer a couple of days before uh, this this announcement. I was at Barcade in Newark, and I was like, oh, this isn't a bad beer. It's pretty good. And, you know, I had heard of Smutty Nose for years and never really uh, sampled a lot of their beers. But it's interesting, when, we, when you saw the announcement, everybody on social media was like, well, they didn't keep up with the trends. They didn't go for the fancy new thing and you know and the, but you're right the new england ipa seems to be the 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 big thing and you're right it seems weird that they didn't try to capitalize on that especially uh given their location now this is one that surprised me chris chris gallant the co-founder of bronx brewery announced he's moving to california he's stepping down from the day-to-day operations why why did he decide to do this yeah i think it's more of a personal decision um sounds like uh his wife got a, a job out in California and um, you know these things happen uh, you got to make tough decisions and uh, you, you're building a family and so it's, I think um, you know he's, he's going out to California into the, the Los Angeles area and um, you know he'll still be a part owner of the business and he'll still be helping guide sort of the strategic direction of the company but from afar and, and, and not involved in the day-to-day operations. Yeah that's, that's pretty interesting we're talking with Chris Fernari an editor at Brewbound, Brewbound.com the website for more information information and let's stick with the west coast for just a second here um the the announcement the other day uh, of ballast point now having their own brewery inside of disneyland it's the first time that disney has really embraced a, a brewer i know they have beer at epcot and all that other stuff in in florida and whatever and it's certainly in california but this is the first time they're going to have an actual brewery on site very interesting move yeah pretty cool right i mean What's better than having a couple sculpin IPAs and then jumping on a roller coaster? Right, exactly, exactly. But it sounds to me like it, this is uh, along the lines of what Stone has done out in California, building a bistro and gardens, and you know, and kind of making it into a you know, you get transported into another place. That's what it sounds like to me. You concur? 
Yeah, you know, I think that uh, for a lot of breweries, the the growth prospects right now are in sort of the tap room, uh, the the tap room expansion model. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Ballast Point is is a company that is experimenting with that as well. Um, they've, I think, expanded to geez, I think seven locations or so, Um, and they're going to be opening one in Chicago as well. So I think you're seeing a lot of companies, you know, explore the opportunities that are available to them to expand with, you know, more experiences um, and experiences being, hey, you know, we have 200 seats and 40 beers on tap and exclusive beers at this location that you can't get at another location, Um, you know, sort of a marketing tool for breweries and um, exposure and everything else. So I think the hope is that somebody shows up to Disneyland, drinks a ballast point there, and, you know, goes out and buys it at a grocery store. See, that was the cool thing about my trip to San Diego a couple weeks back was the fact that there were, you know, places that I could go to to get beer that, yeah, I would normally be able to get beer uh, from this particular company on the East Coast, but they would have rare stuff that was only available at the brewery or at the brew pub, and that was a selling point for me when I went and visited uh, a number of different breweries. And finally, a brewery I did get a chance to visit when I was out in San Diego, uh, Green Flash Brewing. They pulled their distribution from 32 states, eliminated 15% of its workforce. What happened here, Chris? Yeah, um, the market shifted. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. Right. Um, at one point in time, you had uh, you know a company that thought it could uh, be a nationally distributed high-end brand, and that was their goal. That they they really thought there was an opportunity to be you know the sort of marquee high-end craft beer brand, high-spotted and sold in all 50 states. And um, you know the the market exploded. Uh, you know you have 6,000 plus breweries now, and um, I think the notion of being being a brand from, you know, California distributed everywhere and being like the go-to high-end brand right. is one that just doesn't exist anymore because everybody can get a really high-end offering in their local market. So um, I, I would say that, you know, kind of just the, the way that the market ended up developing mm-hmm. is really what caused this. And, you know, Green Flash had to make the, the tough decision to pull this distribution back from 32 different states and really focus on the core markets that were doing the majority of their business. I, I think that was the smart move, though. I think that to me, this was out of all the ones that have kind of, either, you know, are selling for auction or going out of business or, you know, laying people off. Yeah, they had to eliminate some of their workforce. But the fact that they pulled out of states that they just weren't making any money, you, you know, some businesses would say, oh, well, keep pouring it in. Eventually, they'll come around. This to me seemed like a more prudent move to, you know, for the for the long term picture as opposed to the short term gain. Yeah, I mean, the other option, too, is that they could just keep pouring money in and, uh, you know, paying sales reps to go sell these, uh, to sell this beer in markets where, you know, really it's just too competitive. And um, I don't know that that would have been the smartest decision either. Um, So, yeah, you're right. I think this is definitely more prudent. It's a situation where they're going to be able to focus on, you know, the the 18 states that they're in um, and go out and execute now. Yeah, it's a, I, to me, I think it's a great move. My guest has been Chris Fernari. He's an editor at Brewbound, brewbound.com, the website for more information. He's a, it's a tremendous website, great resource, and Chris is always happy to come on uh, and has been on the show a number of times before. Chris, I can't thank you enough for coming back on to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast tonight. Thanks so much. Thank you. I always appreciate coming on. And, uh, man, what a January, and there's still 11 months to go. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
How did Joe Piscopo start your morning? And what did it? What did that Super Bowl ad submitted by the veterans group say? It said, "Please stand." Boom! Please stand at the, for the flag. So I, and I don't know how the NFL owners. And if I was an NFL owner and a guy, and, and, and one of these kids kneeled during the anthem, I would fire them immediately, saying, "No, that's anti-American. You are working for me. This is what we do." Listen to Piscopo in the morning on AM 970. The answer. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as the conversation continues about immigration, about our health care system. It's all about us. It's all about the truth, wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970. The answer. Make plans now to join Salem Radio Network hosts Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Mike Gallagher on the 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise. Sail around and explore some of the world's most beautiful islands. Then at night, gather together with Hugh, Larry, and Mike for a special time discussing a fresh course for this nation. The 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise set sail for seven days, August 11th through the 18th. For all the details, visit am970theanswer.com or call 855-655-1335. Book your trip today. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. Theanswer.com. Segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo, that's G A W T U L L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, we're on iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to every show. A little rush, a little anthem to get things uh, kicked off here on the final segment of the program. You know, it, it, we found out the news last week. Uh, Alex Lifeson had uh, done an interview with someone that um, Rush, for all intents and purposes, is over. Uh, Neil Peart uh, has decided, uh, Neil Peart, excuse me, uh, has decided that um, he no longer wants to tour. Kind of said that two years ago during the um, what was now the final tour of Rush, the R40 tour, um, that, you know, he just he, physically and mentally he just couldn't put up with the demands of doing the tour. Remember, you know, behind a drum kit like that, three hours every night, two and a half hours, um, you're moving from city to city. You know, it, it drains on you. And um, he said it that being a drummer in a band is probably one of the most difficult jobs in the world. It's uh, physically taxing. Um, he was having all sorts of issues with his feet and with his back. and um, So you can understand why. But um, Alex Lifeson, the uh, guitarist, you kind of put the, um, I hate to say the nail in the coffin, but uh, basically confirmed to everybody that, look, Rush, for all intents and purposes, is over. He's still writing material, playing. I know Getty Lee is still uh, writing some stuff and playing, so who knows, maybe those two will get together at some point. But Rush, as it's presently constituted, is over. And it would remain to be seen if they decided to go out on tour again um, without Neil, if they would even do Rush songs. I would think if they did some type of collaboration together, it probably wouldn't be uh, in that nature. So let's get into our Suds and Duds segment. Lots of different beers to get to. A couple of good Jersey beers that I had uh, over the last several days. Um, had a peak of ripeness by Magnify Brewing over at uh, one of my favorite places, Paragon Tap and Table. And we'll talk more about Paragon uh, in a little bit with the Firestone Walker uh, Tap Takeover that they had uh, the other night. But 
nice and juicy this one was. Nice bite to it, dank. Uh, really liked it a lot. And I'm not a big fan of Magnify's beers. I think Magnify um, puts out some okay beers, um, but they don't blow me away. I'm not one of these people who would sit there and wait for uh, a can release from them. So this one was a good one. If you see it on tap, Peak, Peak of Ripeness uh, by Magnify, uh, certainly uh, jump on it. And then I finally had a chance uh, to head over to uh, Twin Elephant Brewing over in they're actually in Chatham, but they say they're in Summit, so they're kind of on the border between Summit and uh, Chatham, New Jersey. Great little brewery. Place was packed when I got there with my wife on uh, on Saturday. A um, lot of crowd, you know, very crowded. In fact, it was so crowded they wouldn't let us in. They had to wait for a few people to leave before we could go in. So, um, if you're planning on making a trip there, absolutely for sure, you may end up waiting on a Saturday. Uh, for a little bit, and they're open. I think it's like noon to 10, uh, Twin Elephants open on Saturdays. But I started off with a Shifty Dibs, a nicely done IPA, great bitterness in it, hoppy too, spot on, real nice and fresh. Had a uh, crooked spoke uh, uh, adjacent, and this one was a, r- a really good, dank, juicy, loving it, little spice uh, to it as well. Um, and what I'm impressed about with Twin Elephant is their IPAs are not, uh, super high in ABV so that you can have a few and you don't feel like you you know, you know need to call an Uber or whatever to drive home. They they have a very small operation. Um, they don't put out a tremendous amount of beer, but what they do put out, they do a fantastic job. Great job out of the guys from Twin Elephant. Loved it. Can't wait to go back. Uh, just a really, really good brewery located in a little industrial park, kind of adjacent to where, uh, I guess where the train is. Between Summit and Chatham, like right on the border uh, of each town. So uh, definitely if you're in that part of New Jersey and you want to check them out, Twin Elephant Brewing is definitely something uh, worth checking out. Um, w- the week before, as we continue on our Suds and Duds segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, and forgive me, folks, I am fighting a little bit of a cold. Um, uh, Carton put out their regular coffee uh, variant releases. I didn't get a chance to get the Irish coffee and... Uh, their newest one with uh, the Caribbean flavor, because I'm not a big fan of the Irish coffee. I didn't want to waste twenty dollars for two beers that, um, to be honest with you, I wasn't. I probably wasn't going to drink. But I did get the Cafe Un Cuchin, which is amazing. Regular coffee with a great cherry flavor, almost tastes like a coffee cake, with a little cherry added. It's perfect. The cherry is subtle enough where you taste it, but it's not overpowering. It was delicious. Again, well done on the variant uh, from Carton Brewing. Had a uh, Beaver Bite IPA by Paradox. Had this one before. Good stuff. Nice bite. Love the bitterness. And then I had a uh, a Snow Scred Imperial IPA. This is from Greater Adirondack Brewing. Um, I didn't like the first sip of it. Kind of threw me off a little bit. A lot of malt. Um, as it got warmer, um, it tasted a little better. Getting the mango flavor slightly. Not tasting the pineapple. Um... This one was probably my dud out of the group. If I had to choose uh, which would be the dud, this would be. Great, Adir- great Adirondack Brewing makes a very good beer. Just wasn't impressed uh, with the snow scred uh, as much as I thought I would. Uh, finally got a chance to crack open the can of Sam 76 that uh, Samuel Adams had sent me. To me, this tastes like a lighter version of a regular Sam Adams. I like it better than Sam Light when they were putting out Sam Light uh, all those years ago and trying to get people drinking less calories or whatever, but... This is a really good, you're sitting around watching football and you want to knock back a couple of beers, this is the beer for you, Sam76. It's in cans. It's available now. Go out in the stores and get it. 
Then I had a beer that my friend Buddy Watson brought me that, honestly, might be the best beer that I've had so far this year in 2018. Double Toasted Marshmallow by Decadent Ales. Very smooth, really getting the marshmallow flavor in it, and vanilla right off the bat. You get both, but it's not heavy. It's very, very subtle. Uh, Does not overpower the beer at all. And the beer is not really bitter. It pours sort of dank, and you think that you're going to get this bitterness uh, in there. It's not. The marshmallow and the vanilla kind of mellow it out, but it's not overpowering. You don't feel like, mm, all I'm tasting is marshmallow. Excellent beer. These guys are in Mamaroneck, New York. I know they're building a new tap room. They're supposed to be open uh, in the next few months. Definitely check out Decadent Ales, the double-toasted marshmallow, if you get a chance uh, to, to taste it. As we continue on here in the final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer is suds and duds. Um, so Firestone Walker uh, just did a uh, tap takeover at Paragon Tap and Table. And the interesting thing is Firestone is now being distributed by Peerless Beverage. And we know the folks over at Peerless Beverage. Um, Firestone was being distributed by another company. They decided to get out. So uh, Peerless came in, bought the contract, um, have and have done a tremendous job. Now, they're going to be carrying uh, Firestone Walker in their Peerless accounts in northern New Jersey, not so much central. Apparently, Union County is not included in that. I think it's Passaic, Bergen, and uh, I forget where else. But um, Firestone Walker, Southern California, well, Central California beer, actually. They do a fantastic job. Had the Nitro Merlin, so smooth and delicious. It, t- it tastes so much better on Nitro. And the best part about the, the, the Merlin Stout, it's a low ABV. It's not heavy. It's about 5.5%. You can have a few and not feel like you're, you know, you're getting bloated because you're drinking too much beer. It came with a little cookie uh, to go with it, a little sugar cookie. Excellent. Great job uh, from the guys from Firestone Walker. And then I had a Luponic Distortion, uh, the Revolution number 8, which is uh, number 8, obviously, in the series. Uh, had a taster of it before it kicked. Very smooth, not super bitter, bitter uh, kind of mellow. Uh, so an excellent beer. And then finally I finished it off with a Sticky Monkey, which is if you're into boozy bourbon-like beers, the Firestone Sticky Monkey is excellent. Uh, it's a quad, got some you know raisin flavor in it as well. Real, real nice, smooth, uh, delicious. The folks from Firestone Walker do a fantastic job. Garrett Brown, thank you very much for the T-shirt, the glass, and all that other stuff. It was great. We had a great time uh, on Thursday night uh, enjoying all the great beers uh, from Firestone Walker. And I think I turned my neighbor on to uh, a couple of the Firestone beers as well, which is always a good thing. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Mike LaCouture, one of the co-owners of Broken Goblin in Bucks County, PA. They will be at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest. You definitely want to check them out. Chris Frenari from the website Brewbound. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.